All right, go ahead and grab your seat right there. I'm going to dive right into the message today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 24. Psalms 24, verse 1. If you don't have it, it'll be up here on the screen. Last week, we began a a short series. It's just going to be a two-week series called Thanksgiving. And last week, I talked about the tithe. I talked about the 10% that actually belongs to the Lord, that we don't give the tithe to God, we bring the tithe back to God. That in our lives, first and best always belongs to God. Let me say that again, first and best always belongs to God. Now that goes way beyond our money. It deals with our time, it deals with our energy, it deals with our focus, that, that some people sometimes stay up really late on Saturday night and drag into church on Sunday morning, barely able to get here and kind of like this through the whole service, and God's speaking to them, but they're not hearing because they're not engaged. So first and best always belongs to God. If I'm going to serve anywhere, I'm going to serve in the kingdom of God. I'm going to do things for the kingdom of God. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message because my responsibility as your pastor is to help you understand what the word of God says about certain things like the tithe. Your responsibility is you get to decide what you're going to do with it. So I want to encourage you to go back and check it out. But today I want to talk about how our father owns it all. That you today, if you're here today and you are a child of God, you are a child of the king, you're a child of the creator of the universe, you're you're a child of God that your father owns it all. All right, and and I want you to wrap your mind around that, that concept because we don't really always believe that. We see God as a God of lack or he's going to create lack in our lives rather than understanding that he is a God who owns it all. And we manage things as followers of Jesus Christ that actually belong to our Father. All right, in fact, this verse right here, Psalms 24 verse 1 says, the earth is the Lord's. All right, God created this world we live in. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything, you mean everything in it and all the world and all who live in it. So we all belong to God. So God owns everything. And he places resources in our hands as children of God for you and I to steward. We are a part of the family. Right? We are a part of the ultimate family today. And we need to understand that as children of the Most High God, we're working a family business. Now, I know some of you do that. Some of you own your own business and you've got family members working for you. And hopefully your family members are the best employees that you have. Because they understand that they are a part of the family business again. All right? So, our role as children of the King all right? Think about that for a moment. You're a child of the king. You think there's lack with a child of a king? You think, that, you think that that child of the king walks around fearful and afraid? Or do you think he walks around with his shoulders back, his head held up high going, my dad owns it all? What do you think? He owns it all. So our role is to steward the resources that our father places in our hands. My role as pastor is to tell you what the Bible has to say about that issue of stewardship. But you get to decide how you're going to steward the things that God has placed in your hands. 
When we understand that God is our Father who owns it all and we are stewarding things for him, it begins to change our perspective about things that God has now placed in our hands. We recognize that our giving, our giving is just a response from our heart being thankful for what God has done. That thanksgiving is about us giving in response to being thankful for what God has done. Because if we're really honest, most of the time we view giving as loss. We do. I give to my spouse, it's loss. I give to my kids, it's loss. I give to the church, oh, it's loss. We got a wrong perspective of that. But when we begin to see ourselves as sons and we're managing things that belong to our Father, again, God, Creator, Lord, or Master of the universe, right? Then we know that there's no lack with God and it begins to change our perspective and we begin to see giving in a whole different light. We see ourselves as children who are stewarding things for a God that is without lack. And let me say this to you, and I hope you catch this, what I'm about ready to say. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. If God can get it through you, I'm a vessel, I'm a vessel to to be about the Father's business. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And I want to, I want to, Help us understand something because there are too many Christians that see prosperity in a negative light. They think that financial prosperity is sinful. Rich people don't know God. Poor people know God. Money is evil. It's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy 6. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So money is not evil. It's the love of money or worshiping money. It's money sitting on the throne of my life that is the root of all kinds of evil. Your heavenly father wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper in your marriage. He wants you to prosper in your health. He wants you to prosper in your relationships. He wants you to prosper in your mind. He wants you to prosper in your soul. And he wants you to prosper financially. God wants you to be successful in every area of your life. But here's something we've got to understand. He wants us to see him, not yourself, as the source for everything in life. Deuteronomy says this. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Without God giving you that ability, you couldn't even produce wealth. God is our source. And it's important for us as children of the Most High God to become steward-minded in the family business. See, the key is understanding biblical stewardship. It's understanding God's word and having a right heart, a right attitude, and right motives when it comes to this issue of money. Because I know for some of you, every time I talk about money, you just kind of, ooh, they're talking about money again. Listen, I want something for you, not something from you. Listen, it's not selfish to want to be blessed. Let me say that again, because I know some of you are breaking down some walls that have been built up from years of wrong teaching. It is not selfish for you to want to be blessed. We can be selfish in the midst of being blessed, just like we can be selfish in the midst of being broke. Mm 
We can, but it's not selfish to want to be blessed. In fact, the level that you are blessed is the level that you're able to be a blessing to others. And we are blessed when we are stewarding what it is that God has given us. When we bring the tithe and we give the offerings. In fact, I did this illustration last week, but I've got a couple things I want to add to it. So Christian, would you come up here real fast? Come up on the side. I want to show you guys this again. We talked about this last week, but let me count out ten times real fast. Six. What happens when we bring the tithe is that we bring the tithe, and if we have our fists closed, God is still giving things into our life. But when we're fist is closed and we're saying, God, you can't have the 10% that belongs to you, what happens is God is giving to us, but our inability to receive from him stops because we have a clenched fist. Now, when we begin to trust God and we open up our heart to him, God receives the 10%. What do we have left? 90%, right? 10%, 90%. Y'all tracking with me today, right? We still have 90% to work with. And then we think, well, then I only have 90% now. No, no, well, once we get our heart open to God, God wants to pour out so much blessing into our lives that we're barely able to contain it. Now, now, now and catch this. Now we're able to be a blessing at a much higher level. Again, you're sitting back a ways, but how many of you recognize he's got more dimes in his hand than nine dimes? And so when he brings back the 10% now, look how much more blessed the kingdom of God is because of the fact that he's giving just a 10%, but on top of that, he's able to invest in the, the offering. He's able to give to the poor. He's able to help people in need, and he's still more blessed. In fact, the more he gives away into his life, the more God is going to pour back into his life. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. If we begin to understand how loving God is, how good God is towards us, we can't wait to invest in the kingdom of God. Stay right there, Christian, for just a second. This is actually my son. So even though I'm not a heavenly father, I am a father. And I want you to know that as a father, I absolutely love to do good things for my kids. I do. In fact, I want them to actually have an expectation that I want to do good things for them. Now, most of us weren't wired that way because we think, well, if we do that, they're going to become unthankful. Listen, if he becomes unthankful, he and I are going to have some conversations. I am in a very loving way, and I seriously mean that. I'm going to talk to him about the issue of being thankful. Hey, I just bought your meal. I want you to learn how to say thankful. And I've taught my kids that, so every time we go out to eat, I buy. In fact, I know sometimes they're calling me up because they've run out of money before they've run out of months. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And their dad, hey, man, I just haven't seen you in a while. Can we go hang out a little bit today? Maybe around lunchtime. And I'm great with it. I'm great with it because I want to be a loving Heavenly Father. And the expectation that I have is that I am going to pay for their meal because I love them. And I believe in them. Here, Christian, put that down. Thank you. Are we beginning to understand how good God is? Listen, your father wants you to be blessed. And he wants him, us to see him as our source. In fact, say this, he is my source. And say this, he wants me to be blessed. Try it again, let's say it like we mean it. He is my source and he wants me to be blessed. 
one more time. He is my source, and he wants me to be blessed. Just kidding, one last time. He is my source, and he wants me to be blessed. Listen, he doesn't want us drawing circles around certain areas of our life and saying, God, you can't have this, which typically in our lives is finances. It's the last thing that we typically surrender to him because our confidence is in that. It's, it's, honestly, it's the God of our life. He wants to be in a position of lordship in our lives. And that happens when we recognize that he is our father and we are his children and we are stewarding or managing the affairs that he has entrusted to us. That we are managing the possessions. We're managing our time. We're managing our money about eternal purposes. I ask this question all the time to people. What do you think is going to matter in a hundred years from now? That you bought a new car? No. You know what is going to matter? That your children made heaven? That your family and friends and co-workers made heaven? That you walked into heaven and instead of getting a little mansion that's only a two-room thing, you got this huge estate? Because I want you to know that you can't take your money with you, but you can send it on ahead. Well, Pastor Richie, that's just all about getting something. Listen, in giving, there's always a, an understanding of getting. You didn't become a follower of Jesus Christ just because you thought you were going to have to sacrifice your life to him. You came because you didn't want to go to hell. I'll take me some of that eternal life. But on beyond that, God wants you to walk in an abundant life. And he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. He wants us to get in that position of lordship, though. So when we became a follower of Jesus Christ, we became children of the Most High God. And we accepted this position of sonship, but it's also a position of stewardship. That we're now managing the resources that he's placing in our hands and we're managing the affairs of our father. God has some things that he wants us to be focused on, but sometimes we are so focused on managing the money that we have forgotten about the affairs of the kingdom. We get distracted by the cares of this life, but we've forgotten about the kingdom, like leading people to Christ. Like people coming to know God. That should be, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's the number one priority of your life. About people walking in freedom in their life. That their yesterdays get settled and the baggage that they keep dragging around, they let go of. That we begin to minister to people that are poor, whether it's poor in their spirit, poor in, in their emotions, poor financially, whatever it is. We're about the affairs of the kingdom. These are the affairs of the kingdom, and God wants us to minister into all areas of people's lives. The, the first and the most important is the spiritual. The spiritual is the, they're a spirit being that's going to last forever. But God wants us to minister into the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Again, bringing healing into those areas, to their physical areas. So, I want us to look at this passage in Matthew chapter 25. You might want to flip over there because Jesus is talking about this issue of stewardship and he's giving us patterns and principles here so that we can be successful stewards with the resources that God has given us. Now, I'm hoping that you're recognizing today that you're in the family business again and you're understanding how important it is for us to walk in the fullness of what God has. So, Matthew chapter 25 it says that the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. So this passage is telling them that when we're operating in the kingdom of heaven, it's like these ten virgins, five are wise, five are foolish. I want to know why the five were wise and why the five were foolish, don't you? 
Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So it was the management of oil that determined who was wise and who was foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, but no oil. Those who were wise took their lamps and oil at the same time. Verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and they foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. So the bridegroom shows up at midnight, obviously a little bit later than what everyone anticipated. And the foolish virgins who didn't bring oil are now begging the wise virgins, Hey, give us some of your oil. Here's the response. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should, be, there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. So obviously the wise virgins invested their money ahead of time in oil, but the foolish didn't. They, they weren't prepared. So at the last minute, they try to get oil from the wise virgins, and, and they didn't work, it didn't work out for them, so they go try to find some. Verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and they shut the door. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, stay ready. Verse 11. Afterwards, the other virgins came also. I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that word today. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So now again, it's an issue of stewardship in the kingdom of God and how the oil was managed. Oil in God's word represents the anointing. When someone would become a king or a priest, they would anoint them. And, and it often represents your ministry or your giftedness. The anointing is what it is that God has equipped you with or called you to, to effectively minister to and help other people. That God has put an anointing on each and every one of us. And how you manage the oil those things that God has placed in your hand or gifted you with determines how well things are going to work for you. I want you to follow this. Because do you know that there is anointing on you to do something in God's kingdom? Let me get you to kind of nod and respond. Yes, we get that, Pastor Richie. There's an ability, there's a talent, there's a giftedness that God has placed upon you. Just so you know, that's why we do the growth track. We don't do the growth track just to add one more thing to your schedule, but you need to know the way that you're wired both personally and spiritually so you can begin to discover what it is that God has called you to do. It is part of our discipleship process for you to understand the way that you're wired, the way that you're equipped so you can do, so you can walk in what I'm talking about here. The question for us today is, are we going to be willing to properly manage the things of the Father's kingdom? That This isn't just on me, by the way. It's not just on the church leadership. This is on every one of us. Are we going to be willing to properly manage the things of God's kingdom? Are we willing to manage the part that has been entrusted to us? It's about management and overseeing something that belongs to our Father. Right Now, right after this illustration, he goes right into the next um, parable, and he's talking still about stewardship in the kingdom. Verse 14, 
It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called to his servants and delivered his goods to them. Again, he's talking about the issue of stewardship. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each one according to his own ability. Now listen, you've got to understand a couple things about this. First of all, there are some people that God's given more ability to than you or less ability to than you. And what your job is not to do is to do what someone else is doing. It's to do what God has called you to do because if you're a five-talent person operating with one talent, you're going to miss God. And if you're a one-talent person trying to operate in the five, you're going to be overwhelmed and feel condemned. He was given each according to his own ability and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received the one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So just like our Heavenly Father does with us, this man gave talents to his servants because he intended for his servants to cause increase, to do something with it. That's what God wants us to do with the things that he is entrusting to us. He doesn't want us to hide our talent in the earth. Now, now talent here is actually talking about money, but I think it's awesome, the fact that it's, we could parallel with a talent, an ability that God has given us. He wants us to develop that talent to cause increase. Because we live sometimes, if God, if you wanted me to do it, make me do it. God, if you want me to read your Bible, knock me out of bed in the morning, let me fall out of bed and let my Bible be laying open right there, poof. Oh, God, I guess you want me to read the Bible this morning. God is wanting us to cause increase. If we don't, we are mismanaging something that belongs to the king. Are you all hearing this today? Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, had received, so he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Listen, you're going to find the most joy in your life when you're walking in the purpose, plan, and design that God has for you. You're going to be the most miserable when you keep thinking someone else needs to do something for you. So he's saying, listen, I put this in your hands. You've been a faithful steward, so now I'm going to make you ruler over many. Verse 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord because you were faithful with what I entrusted to you. Watch the last servant, verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered him and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received it back with interest. He's saying the least you could have done is put it in the bank for me. 
Verse 28, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to him, for to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. I know this freaks us out sometimes because we're going, man, I thought we were all about grace. We are about grace. We are about grace. We have to understand that we don't ever come to Christ except for the grace of God. And the grace of God is being poured into our lives all the time. But listen, if you want to just remain an immature Christian and barely getting by in your life, you can. But God wants you to walk in the fullness of life, what he has for you as a steward of the Most High God. So that even what you have, more is coming your way and there's going to be an abundance. Now, if you don't believe that, it won't work for you because you've got to step into this moment, not based on how you feel, but based on what the Word of God says. So he's expecting us to do something with what he's given us. Our God is a God of increase. Our God is a God of increase. Listen, anything that is healthy is growing. That's why when the church gets a little stagnant, we start trying to figure out what's unhealthy right now that's keeping us from growing. So God is a God of increase, and he wants us to increase the resources that we've been given, not just hide our money and talents in the earth. God doesn't want us spending all of our money, by the way, on carnal possessions. He has no problem with us having nice things. However, when we're not doing what our Father is asking us to do in his word, with his resources, we're not bringing the tithe back to him, giving towards God's kingdom so that we're investing in others. We're not managing the assets as he would like. It reveals our heart. It does. It reveals our heart, just how unthankful we can actually be towards the reality of how good God is. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Listen, I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. You're taking nothing with you. But you can send it on ahead. In fact, I'm going to close with this. Here's the reason why God says this in Matthew 6. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's so easy to say, God, I give you my heart. God, I give you my heart. You want to know where your heart is? Follow your treasure. Follow your treasure. What do you do with your money? What what do you do with your time? What do you do with your best energy? Does first and best go to God? Is first and best about eternal things or are they about temporary things? Listen, I'm not sharing this stuff with you today to make you feel bad about where you're at. I'm really not. I'm sharing it with you so that we can get going towards start stewarding better. Some of you have never been taught this before. You've never understood the tithe. You've never understood the issue of giving. And and we're probably always able to recognize places that we're doing fairly well and places that we kind of need to improve. So we're doing this series to give us some insight and some understanding. For some of us, it's just a reminder that my job is the chief reminding officer here at the church. It's to remind you about things that you already know and teach you about things that you do not know so that we can get going in all the things that God has for us. So that as children of God, we get armed with the word of God and that we begin stewarding things the way that God has called us to do that. Because every time we grow in our stewardship and catch this out, we are empowered to handle more. Let me say that again. 
Every time we grow in our stewardship, we are empowered to handle more. I want to say it again. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Some of you want to see increase in your life, and it isn't selfish to want to see that. It isn't. In fact, it's more selfish, honestly, not to want to see increase in your life. It actually is. Because the more you're blessed is the level that you're able to be a blessing to other people. And when you begin to understand that, you begin saying, God, I want to handle as much blessing as I possibly can. Because, God, I want to be a blessing to others as much as I possibly can. So it's not selfish. But if you want to see increase, you have to start by learning to steward where you're at today. Because the thing is, is God, when I get to this place, I'll start giving. God, if I, if I ever get to here and I get past this, God, I'll start bringing in the tithe. You, you've got to start where you're at today. Look at the results of our stewardship. It's from our verse 29 of Matthew 25. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. I know you want to walk in the abundant life that God has for you. But it says, but for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Which brings me back to the issue that we have to get settled in our heart. Our Heavenly Father wants us to be blessed. I have to tell you, about five, six years ago, I could hardly say that. It was very hard and I almost had, felt like I had to apologize and bring a lot of, well, but, 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 but this. And I'm just wanting to tell you right now, our Heavenly Father wants us to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed. I'm telling you, it's the greatest testimony of the goodness of God. When people look at your life and say, what happened? How did you go from being broke to all of a sudden you're making ends meet and suddenly now you're blessed? What happened? Let me tell you about the goodness of my God. Let me tell you about what God did in my life. Let me tell you about what happened when I began tithing. Let me tell you how God opened up the windows of heaven for me and poured out so much blessing. I sometimes have to go all this in heaven too. Because I'm just so amazed at how good my God is. I'm telling you, when God does things in your life, it is for your good and for his glory. You've got to get that issue settled. He wants you to be blessed. Because too many times we don't connect the dots between being a blessing to the world that God has placed us in and being blessed. The level of blessing you walk in again is the level that you're able to be a blessing to others. God blesses you and me so that we're blessed and so that we are able to be a blessing to other people. Listen, God doesn't just want you to survive life. He doesn't. He wants you to thrive in life. He wants you to be a success in everything that you're doing. But we're going to have to grow in this relationship of, of sonship, of children of the Most High God, and learn how to steward things that God has already blessed us with. So my encouragement for you today is begin to see God as a father who owns everything. Who owns everything. Who wants to bless you and to see yourself as his child. Someone that is managing the things that he has entrusted to you so that you're a wise and faithful steward. When you are, watch out. Because I'm telling you, the blessing of the Lord is coming your way. It is. So last week it was about the tithe. This week... It's about stewarding the resources that God has placed in our hand. The question is, is are we going to be willing to be obedient? Do I really believe, God, that you're that good? Do I really think that you're that amazing? I'm telling you, if you do, you're going to be amazed at the blessing of the Lord that's coming upon you and overtaking you. So I'm going to ask you just to bow your head. Close. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.